And yes, it totally started from like wanting to solve my own experience because I was, you know, I started parkour when I was like 10 years old, like just like hucking front flips off of picnic tables outside. And, <laughs> and, uh, my, my parents, they, they really wanted me to be successful in life. And I had a lot of opportunities to go to, um, different schools for like music and things and just different things that I was talented in that they could actually see that like a very clear pathway for me. Like, Oh, if you pursued this, you would be successful in life. You could make a living. They didn't see a clear path for me to make a living, uh, by doing parkour. And so they were trying to dissuade me like, Hey, you should probably shouldn't do this. And I was really gung ho. I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to make that future happen. And so I started like a lot of coaches did, which was in the corner of a gymnastics facility. And, um, I very distinctly remember one experience that I'll share where I had accepted this job offer and it was like a dream come true to go down to San Diego and work with Paul White Cotton, someone that I mega looked up to, you know, <laughs> still do still such an, such an incredible person. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had the opportunity to work with him, uh, with his parkour program in this massive gymnastics facility. It was, uh, 15,000 square feet, yeah. huge facility, had three spring floors, a tumble track, a rod floor, foam pits, four trampolines, like massive. And, um, I, very quickly discovered that being an athlete and being a coach are two very distinct <laughs> things. Just because I know how to butterfly twist, you know, doesn't mean that I can articulate that to someone. And so um, I got burnt out uh, really fast. And um, Paul ended up breaking his neck in the foam pit. He was doing like a quadruple front flip and he landed on his neck in the foam pit broke it. He was out for like six to eight months. And then suddenly I went from being like an assistant coach to the head of the program. And I had to get really good, really fast at coaching. I went down to the San Diego public library and I took out every single book that I could find about how to articulate to how to guide someone to discovering something for themselves. Um, and I found some really great resources there, but I also got burnt out so fast. And I had this experience once where I had just clocked out from a shift and I was really tired. It was the end of my week. And, um, I'm like sitting there just like exhausted. My body's exhausted. My mind's exhausted. I, I'm like super malnourished. I haven't eaten. And this kid comes up to me and he's super excited. He's like, Hey, can you, can you come work with me on like this front half? I really need, I can't figure out how to, and, and I just like looked at him and I was like, I was like, Hey, um, I'm actually not on the clock right now. Uh, if you could go find like another coach that's out on the floor, they'll, they'll help you. And, um, I'm getting choked up thinking about it. And, uh, and he looked so defeated in that moment. Um, and he like walked away and I didn't think too much of it. Uh, but I went home later that night and I checked my Instagram and this kid had liked every single post of my Instagram. And it was clear that he did this like before he came in, you know, and, um, I was like someone that he like looked up to. And in that moment, like the person that he met was this like burned out, super disinterested, like, 
person that like wasn't there for what he was there for. And, um, and that really shook me up like a lot. Cause I, I kind of discovered in that moment, like, um, who I was for people, like as a coach. And it was like such a, such a disparity. I was like, wow, who am I becoming? Like, like, am I just here to like make money or like, you know, get a paycheck or like, what am I really here for? Um, so I quit my job, uh, cause I just like, didn't, I didn't feel connected with myself as a practitioner. Mm. I was so burnt out. And, um, cause I was doing like, uh, how did you even realize that at this point that you were burnt out? No. And it, and I didn't. And I, and that's the thing too. I had no way of recognizing the symptoms of being burnt out. Mm. I really just like thought that's like, I need to, I need to be more on point. You know, I need to be, um, I just had no idea of knowing. And I remember actually even asking the owners of the facility who were active athletes themselves. I was like, how do you, how do you deal with like this experience of like, um, being burned out. And one of them told me, he's like, yeah, you know, I just, uh, I just get a little bit of orange juice in the morning, put a tiny bit of vodka in it, just a tiny bit of vodka. And like, I just sip that throughout the day. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, no. Like, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? But, oh but, God, and, yeah, and like, we laugh, we yeah, laugh, right? But it's like, funny, but it's like, yeah, because it's, I mean, it's just cause it's so sad. Like what else are you going to say? in a way. Dude, it's super sad. And like, and if you go to any gym right now, if you go to any gym in the United States that teaches parkour, you will find similar ways of dealing with stress happening at every mm -hmm. single facility, you know, whether it's energy drinks or, you know, smoking weed, like hitting a cart out back, you know, nicotine. Um, there are, that's just, it's so normal. Every, there's not a single facility that I've ever visited where the majority of like either the coaching staff um, or just like the people running the place like aren't like locked in that vice because mm -hmm. they don't know how to deal with their stress in like a healthy way. Um, and so when I said earlier that like motion mentors was developed out of like necessity, mm -hmm. um, that's the necessity like in a, in a big way because uh, there is a way to create coaching as a sustainable practice as something that like fulfills you and energizes you and doesn't like take so much from you that you're left in these like anxious burned out states you know so and i'm like i'm like preaching to the any any parkour coach will tell you about that experience i can testify i mean i barely my tenure in parkour coaching was short-lived because of the burnout was so immediate i was just like this is completely unsustainable. And like you have just reiterated there, there, as far as I could tell, there was no way to cope with this other than just, I need to be out of this. I don't, I don't, I don't see a future in this. And it's really sad because this is where the rubber meets the road. And this is like where the growth happens is in these relationships. Like you're saying with these students that are excited and their coach and you know, just that one moment. I mean, that's a, you know, it is a poignant moment for sure where this, this person come up to you and you never know who you're going to meet and where you're going to beat them on the road. And that can be a life lesson for him too. And I'm sure that he's fine and he learned a lot, but it's also just like, it's super, it's, I love how powerful it is. I love how passionate you are about it because if we are serious about growing the sport and if we are serious about, you know, what we all talk about wanting it to be bigger and stuff, then 
we can't just lean on the coaches and like in the way that, you know, Karl Marx <laughs> describes as like a, I'm not a, I'm not, a, I'm not a deep you're not a philosopher. I'm not a communist. <laughs> I mean, maybe I am. I don't know. I, I, I literally yeah. don't, I know too little about it to even say, Yeah. but I would, you know what I mean? Like yeah. this is like the, the squeezing of the working class It is that's happening in the parkour industry. And it's just, it's, it's, indicative of a whole societal problem even it it's is. not it's it's very specific to parkour and is also completely universal 